Welcome back to the Cowboy Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Sharp, joined by co-host Chad Waldron. Hi, Justin. Good to be here again. I'm excited for another uh, Cowboy Talk Podcast interview. And today's special guest joining us again from Oregon State University, past FFA member Raven Waldron. Hi, Justin. Happy to be here. So, uh, school's shut down right now uh, because of COVID again. Mr. Walton, you probably know more than I do, so do you want to elaborate on that a little bit? As the only information I have is that we are shut down for the end for this week, and we are planning on being back in school on Monday, barring any uh, crazy news. But stay tuned. We'll update. Uh, we'll keep you updated as we get information. Yep. So we just have one confirmed case so far, but quite a few people have been getting sick. So hopefully nothing's going on too major. And like you say, hopefully we can be back in school next week. So on the right, right now, I, right now we have four cases in Lake County in the last three days. Okay. Which is about the same level as what we've had all along, right? Yeah. Just one. Yeah, and we don't, I don't, I don't know if those are from North Lake County or the South end. We do know we at least have one case up here. Yep. So with that, like I say, hopefully we're in school again next week. But on the phone, we were talking to Raven Waldron, a past Northlake FFA member and officer who is attending OSU currently and going to get a doctorate in pharmacy. Welcome back, Raven. Uh, if you want to introduce or reintroduce yourself and tell us what's happening at Oregon State, that would be great. And this time we'll be able to hear you because we've fixed the sound <laughs> and learned a few things. Yeah, we're well. a little more sophisticated now. I going to say the, uh, the technology has definitely advanced. I've been listening to you guys. It sounds good. Well, thank um, you. Yeah, so so my name's Raven, a uh, previous North Lake student, um, and I am, I guess, sort of at Oregon State right now. <laughs> Not a lot going on, but um, yeah, I'm working on my doctorate up here at Oregon State and dealing with life in 2020, just like y'all down there. So is there anything out of the usual going on at Oregon State right now? Or Well, I mean, obviously it's out of the usual compared to a normal year, but like compared uh, maybe, to last maybe spring. Maybe the question is, is there anything going on? Yeah, there? exactly. <laughs> you know, there is not a whole lot going on. Um, COVID has shut down most of campus. Um, I guess there are a few in-person lab classes. Uh, my boyfriend, Nick, is actually a PhD student. And he's teaching an in-person class, so he has to do all of the um, the contact precautions and things every time he goes into campus each week for to be with these uh, germy 18, 19-year-olds that are taking biology lab. <laughs> um, I guess a few things going on. They kept the library and the MU open for study space, which has been very nice. Uh, you can actually see a few people on campus, but mostly it's kind of a ghost town. No one in the quads, no one walking around. It's weird. It's eerie. Yeah. I guess we'll have Pac-12 football on next weekend. I think we play Washington State, but there will be no tailgating, no fans. Are students, no fans. Are students allowed in the stadium? Uh, no students allowed in the stadium. Fun fact, you can purchase a cardboard cutout of yourself that they will put in the stadium so that you can be there <laughs> cheering in spirit. Well, why the hell would they do that? <laughs> How much does one of them cost? 30 bucks huh. oh my goodness <laughs> that is support your athletic department <laughs> uh, that's crazy is there any uh student activities going on that aren't sports related 
You know, there's not a ton. Um, people, they're really encouraging people to social distance. Um, actually, in our code of conduct, they have even put a new clause that there are no gatherings over 10 people allowed on or off campus. Um, so it's it's really not a lot oh, going really? on. How, how are the fraternities uh, uh, <laughs> abiding by that rule? They're not listening very well, judging by how little sleep I get on Thursday and Friday uh-huh. nights. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm sure AGR is following that policy. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. They're really encouraging it. Um, I'm actually on a – we have a mask volleyball team. We have IM volleyball and IM soccer going on. Uh, have a mask league and reduced team numbers so you can have play with like four people on each team. So what happens if you're not supposed to have gatherings of 10 or more people outside of school? So does that mean that there's repercussions if you get caught doing something outside of school? Essentially, yes. If you get caught, um, if someone reports it, they have a process that you go through. Um, It's the same as any other student conduct violation. So usually your first um, first offense, you go through a warning, you have to have a little bit of um, like an education, you take like a seminar for a few hours, where they teach you about whatever code you broke, and why it was wrong. And usually you have to take a quiz, take a test, prove that you learned something and then, um, and then it escalates from there. But first offense, that's kind of the, the policy. Man, that sounds pretty rough. Uh, so yeah. with with that, is there is the social atmosphere on campus like the morale of the students is it down or is it kind of hopeful of like to have a, somewhat of a normal future? Yeah, you know, I was I was feeling kind of down when um, when I was kind of just stuck in my house and only really seeing people through the meetings and webinars. But when I did walk on campus and saw some people kind of utilizing outdoor spaces to study and trying to get together in in groups uh osu recommends this thing called your COVID bubble uh basically having one or two people that you get together with that you allow yourself to see in person but limiting your contact outside that and I, people's COVID bu- bubbles seem pretty lively i've seen a lot of good patio gatherings um a lot of you know corvallis has shifted a lot of parking spaces to outdoor seating for restaurants so that people can still kind of go out but be safe it's it's interesting. It's an interesting hybrid situation for sure. Um. So obviously, it doesn't sound like you live in a dorm. But it, what's that like if you do live in a dorm? Are you under pretty strict uh, regulations on what you can and can't do? Yeah, the dorms are pretty strict. They're open. Um, they're taking a lot of precautions though. So a, a lot more single rooms. Uh, way fewer roommates. They're trying to keep people out of doubles and triples when they can. Um, and they actually have entire buildings of just emergency housing. So um, if someone does test positive, they quarantine in that emergency housing area um, away from everybody else. By, so, so they have whole buildings by yourself. sequestered by yourself. So yeah. Last was it last April? Levi stayed at the dorms, and him and the uh, the RA was the only people on the entire floor. Yeah, there is definitely very diminished uh, capacity. Uh, they actually, at move-in, they COVID tested every single student who moved into the dorms. And they had the capacity to do that, which tells you there's a lot fewer students moving into the dorms than there was before. Uh, do you have uh, any get, like estimate of how much less, how, how many fewer students there is? I think, though, when I looked at the count, it ended up being like only, I want to say only like 
three, like 2,500 or something like that students moving into the dorms, which is way less than usual for wow, sure. About half. So. About half. I wonder what yeah. about enrollment. Is enrollment down for Oregon State? I think it is. I think it's probably down well, for all universities. Yeah, that, yeah. that makes sense. Projected was down. Um, actually, weird thing about the way enrollment works at universities, we can't actually take the count um, until all the classes balance out. So usually around week four, we actually get the actual enrollment numbers because people have started having to pay their bills and uh, withdraw or stay in their classes. So we should be getting those enrollment numbers this week. Okay. Huh. Yeah. So I actually, I Oregon State's on my top three list of colleges to go to next year. So do you yeah. have any advice for people like me or other students that may think of attending Oregon State in the following year? Oh, yeah. Um, you know, school is a challenge uh, in COVID and post-COVID, um, but you all are really lucky. Uh, you have time to adjust to it at Northlake while you're in high school, um, where y'all get a lot more individual help and attention from your instructors because they actually know you uh, than we do at college. So Yeah, like I will call and text Justin and tell him to get an assignment done. <laughs> that, that's not going to happen at yeah. Oregon State University. Yeah, no, no, I don't, I don't think that will happen. <laughs> I wish it would. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I really think that like the hardest thing um, adjusting, the hardest thing has really been adjusting. And for those of you who are who are still kind of in that smaller situation right now, my biggest advice would be take advantage and learn how to do school online because students who are in college when all this happened just got thrown into the deep end, and our GPA suffered, our scholarship, you know, eligibility suffered. Um, and it was really out of our control and we couldn't learn those skills. And right now you all get the chance to learn those skills. Um, so I would, I would really take advantage of when Mr. Waldron's able to text you and tell you to get your assignment done, Justin. Yeah. <laughs> well, the other thing I think that we have an advantage, it sounds like, is that by the time we do get there next fall, there's probably going to be a lot more online infrastructure, I guess is what you could call it. And the technology yeah, is going to be much more yeah. available. The question mm -hmm. is, 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 is it ever going to go back to normal? I don't think it will. Now, I don't think we'll be doing what we're doing now, but I, I think you're, I think online is, is going to be, uh, I think that's what school will be like in the future. Yeah. I, I really see a lot of professors really liking the increased flexibility of online, like having to adjust really quick is hard, but I don't see after us doing this going back, especially in universities. Yeah. Well, it'll be a, I think you'll have a hybrid type of uh, a hybrid type of deal, yeah. where you'll have some in school. But you, if you don't know how to do school online and don't know how to do distance learning, when you get to college, you will not succeed at this point. Yeah. Well, yeah. what I imagine is probably going to happen is if we do get a vaccine by the end of this year, it's probably going to take at least all of next year for enough people to actually get the vaccine to where we can safely and advisedly open back up to be closer to normal so I, I would almost say that probably the next two or three years is going to be not as bad as now like you said mr waldron but the hybrid version of what we had before yeah yeah i mean osu has already announced that they don't plan on changing anything for winter it will be exactly the same as it is now um, yeah. definitely a shift from from i think last spring when we were seeing them go oh we're hopeful that we'll be open in the fall all the way up until a few weeks before fall at this point, they know we're not going to be open in winter. Yeah, it seems like in the last month or two, everybody's kind of accepted that we're going to be like this in parts of next year, maybe all of next year, just on the way that they talk about it. Yep, sounds like it. Yeah. 
but which sucks but, but i yeah. mean we gotta work with what we have i guess yep yep so i guess i mean back to your question there justin i think i mean my my biggest advice would be really when everything's online you gotta stay organized um i thought i was organized i really thought i was an organized person justin and then i COVID happened and i realized that i relied on my teachers reminding me about stuff and i really reminded the like other students in the class going hey did you start working on homework? there's homework <laughs> and so uh all on you now online you don't have that social interaction to remind you of things i've got three calendars uh with all my school assignments in three different places because it's just so much to stay on top of with your google classroom with your canvas with all the different things well, um, well even yeah. i've noticed in high school i mean this year i mean i only <laughs> it sounds bad i only have three classes this year in high school just because that's what my required is and that's yeah, what I, two of them are with me yeah yeah pretty much <laughs> two of them are shop classes. shop classes yeah i have uh senior experience civics and then two shop classes but uh even with four classes i mean if i had you know seven or eight it, just the google classroom notifications wouldn't be enough you i mean getting bombarded with them there's no way you'd be able to keep uh i mean on task is one thing, but just making sure that you have everything done without writing it down and writing due dates yep. down and everything, it sounds really important. Yep, keeping keeping things organized. I have a, a calendar that's just for all my exams that just stays in front of me because, you know, you, that's my, my nightmare is missing a test because yeah. we're all online. I would, I would never... I I, I would wish my brother would have a few more of those nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too, me too. Uh, you know, working you know, on Levi is a good example is when COVID hit in April, he was an A student and then he just, you know, he just fell with COVID because yeah. he was not prepared and hopefully he's doing better and he's adapting because I like say we've had a little bit of time to adapt now and it's the way education is and will be for mm -hmm. a while, I think. Yeah. So how does internet yeah. work with that being on a college campus rather than like high school? Because I know for us, there's hotspots that we can take home if we need them. But on a college campus, is there programs like that that can help people get internet access? Hey, yeah. Jesse, they, they live in civilization. That's well, yeah, I know, but I know, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely isn't as much of a problem. Um, but that was a huge push for the reason that the MU and the library are staying open. Um, because, you know, it's hard to keep people distance in those spaces, but they really needed an option for these people who might live, you know, just outside of town or ha who have five roommates and everybody's trying to get on Zoom at the same time on their internet connection. Um, so campus is one of the ways that they, that they help with that internet access. Um, but they do also have technology checkout. Um, you know, they've had to check out webcams because people don't have video and now professors are requiring video while you're in zoom calls um they rent out laptops i think they have a few hot spots i know especially for students that live in like really rural areas and couldn't return to campus they had some programs and some applications where you could try and get um some help with your internet access for the people that don't live in civilization yeah for like you yeah. guys <laughs> yeah do you, do you think there's a lot of people that are doing regular school at home this year like could could levi just sit here at home and do oregon state or was it better to be over in corvallis at you least know, in, his, in his uh apartment and i i'm not sure i mean it seems like from what i've talked 
from who I've talked to, like in my graduate program, there's a lot of people living at home, like, but they're in the Portland area. So they're close-ish still. Um, but for me, I mean, I went home just a few weekends ago, I guess, and trying to study and like when you're in your at home, like when you were in high school and a kid environment has been really difficult for me. Um, I, it's hard for me to compartmentalize or to keep from compartmentalizing school to living in Corvallis. And so when I'm not in Corvallis, I'm like, okay, I guess it's time to have fun. Right. Um, so I don't know how students are doing on that. It sounds like a lot of the folks that I know that are living in Portland are making it work. Um, but there's something about being home with your parents that just makes it not feel like it's work time. See, I can relate to that. So I, this year, like I say, I only have, uh, well, yeah, four classes. And if I wanted to, I could have gone through KCC and tried to get my general associate's degree like Jessica House did last year. But I knew that if I was at home and we weren't having school four days a week, that I wasn't going to be able to trust myself to get it all done if I'm working part time and just doing things around yeah. here really hard to motivate yourself especially you know you got your dad asking you if you'll watch a scary movie every two hours when you're <laughs> trying to study for your test what <laughs> yeah so last time we yeah, talked I, go oh sorry go i think it. it's good i think it's good i'm glad that levi you know stayed over in corvallis and you stayed over in corvallis and i think it's good for especially him and i'm glad he's over there just because i think he'll work more and plus i don't want him here because he's messy <laughs> yeah. So on last last time we had you on the podcast, Raven, we talked about your, how you were kind of the guru for applying for scholarships, and you're really good at it. So do you have any advice related to that, um, applying to like how we're in COVID right now and different conditions? Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm actually hoping to maybe put together a little webinar for y'all, um, kind of end of this fall term so that you can just watch it and have it for your own use. That'd be um, great. Send that to me. And I'll put it on Google classroom as an assignment for these guys. I need yeah. it. You know, now that, now that it's COVID times, right. I can just record it, yep. send it all to you instead of right. having to make my way down to North Lake. That's right. <laughs> um, so I'm thinking about getting that put together for you all. Um, but the biggest thing, you know, kind of my, my cliff notes version is those deadlines come up really quick after this term. I mean, your national FFA scholarships are due beginning of January, like right after winter break, I think it's January 14th. Uh, your OSU Ag scholarships are due February 15th. And so really after winter break, things just start snowballing. So now is the time to start asking those people, um, your bosses, your teachers and coaches, your FFA advisor uh, for, for letters of recommendation so that they have time to write those for you to meet those deadlines. Another question I have as someone who's going through all this right now is, do you apply for scholarships and colleges at the same time, colleges, then scholarships, or scholarships, then colleges? That's a good question. I think that, I mean, usually you're going to want to apply for colleges starting right about now. A lot of their early decision deadlines end up being in November and December, and then you can potentially even have some answers by January and February. Um, a lot of colleges, especially right now with COVID, have rolling deadlines. So it's not like you have to apply by November, but you can start applying in November. Um, and I I knew I was going to Oregon State. Oregon State's actually um, one of like very few places that I applied to. And so I was able to apply in time to apply for those scholarships that OSU offers. So especially if you're thinking about Oregon State, um, you know, the application isn't too long. 
And at this point, you've got enough. Um, usually, as long as you have a set of standardized test scores, you can submit those applications. Um, I don't even know if they use those test scores anymore. Well, but you can get those uh, applications I actually just then. applied, and it was, I think they said that I, well, I don't know. They weren't real clear about it. So you can submit them, and I did. But there was yeah. something in there that said due to these conditions, because some people can't get the standardized test, standardized test that they weren't going to use that as like yeah. a sole thing to judge if you're going to get in or not. Yeah, I mean, I think it's even optional to put them in right now. Yeah, and that makes that makes report, uh, grades and report cards even more important. Yeah, your GPA is kind of your main thing after that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and and OSU really does take like a holistic look to at kind of some of those essays that you write to. Um, and they, the, in your OSU application, your essays also enter you in for OSU general scholarships that you don't even have to apply for. They just put you in the pool. Oh, okay. um, so you've already applied to some scholarships. Oh, nice. Fun fact. <laughs> Good to know. Yeah. Yep. And so they'll look at, they'll look at income level and your answers to some of those, um, uh, essay questions and kind of put you in a pool based on your major and a few different things. Justin, so you'll have access to those. Justin, do you know what you're going to go to school for? Do you have ideas? Uh, I'm thinking either political science or communications. Okay. All I right. think, but that could change, so stay tuned. Wanted, <laughs> you might want to ask me that you, again by the end I just wondered how year. much you would be in the ag science department. Uh, well, I don't know. That's the other thing. is If I go to OSU, I'm probably going to go a lot more in the ag direction than if I go somewhere else, so... Yeah, yeah I probably ask me that question policy. again in March. Yeah, I think we have ag like policy. an ag policy, ag economics type of degree, and then you can uh, go for AS, run for ASOSU president and student body president. You'll <laughs> yeah. be go, you'll be a shoe in. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. But well. But yeah, I think with those scholarship apps, just think about deadlines and start thinking about your story because I think I told y'all in the last one last interview I had too, but your scholarship applications are really about telling your story. So someone will give you money to pay for school. Um, so think about, you know, what got you here. Y'all have a lot of challenges to write about having been high schoolers during the COVID-19 pandemic. So start thinking about how that works into your story for sure. That's a very good point. But Well, already, Mr. Walden, do you have anything else to add? Uh, is, is there anything else on that outline that we forgot? I, I don't have my outline. With uh, nope, that's all the questions. I think we got it, yeah. Okay. Except for my FFA any... memories. Oh, oh okay, yep, that's important. You, I embarrassed you or you embarrassed me the last time you talked about it. <laughs> <laughs> I got, I, you know, it's it's spooky season. You know, we're, it's Halloween. This is my favorite time of year. Um, and so I was thinking about FFA stories, and I had, like, almost forgotten this. Even, like, some of the details are hazy. But I remember uh, once we were camping for a soils trip. I think we were going out to Sherman County and there was nowhere to stay. Um, so we had to stay overnight. So we camped and it was like we, there was this, we were at somebody's barn and it was, <laughs> we, we went and we did soils all day. So we're cold and wet and tired and it's starting to get dark and some genius in, in my class had the idea that we would watch saw in our tent (laughs) and dad being smart is playing cards with Crawford in like with light and 
warmth instead of sitting in the dark, cold tent watching Saw because that's a great idea. And I remember we were all so dang scared the rest of the trip, and Dad and Crawford had no idea why we were so jumpy. They're like, what is wrong with you guys? But, you know, the older kids would, like, hide around corners and jump out. We would scream bloody murder. Like, I I don't know how you didn't come out thinking they were getting killed, but we thought we were going to get killed because we thought we'd watch a horror movie in the middle of the night, in the middle of nowhere, while we were camping. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. We used to do a lot of camping on soil. So yeah. I wonder what soil trip that was. I can't remember. Yeah, I think it was District Sherman County. And I can't even remember, like, for some reason, I remember that we slept, like, I remember that we camped, but yeah, I have I, no that's memory. Too, that's when I was too cheap to buy hotel rooms. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have no days. memory of setting up a tent or, like, anything like that, except watching this horrifying, I think it was, like, Saw 4 or 5, it had just come out. We were so stoked. with such a terrible idea. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Justin, you don't know how good you've got it. Oh. That, I, there was one year we camped for soils and woke up and there's about 10 inches snow on our. Oh couch. man, yeah, yeah. I, I think I like I think I like my hotels then. After yeah, that's. Uh... Especially soils, you're like wet and dirty, and then well, you go camping. Well, yeah, that, I mean, you get wet and cold doing soils, but I imagine staying like that morning and night, not getting to warm yeah. up. That uh... don't even get a hot shower. Yeah, yeah. or a hot tub. Was with Culver and Mr. Crawford, we probably stayed out practicing until six, seven, eight o'clock at night. Yeah, it was dark when we got back. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe we got to do that this year, and we'll make it to nationals. Maybe that was the yeah. that maybe that was the secret formula when you guys went the last time. Yeah. 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 It's all that. It's all that group bonding, yeah. having to move in packs, yeah. so that you don't yeah. get killed by Jusa. <laughs> <laughs> That's yep. <laughs> yep. Well, I think that pretty much wraps up the podcast. So thank you to Raven Waldron for taking time out of your busy schedule to come on the Cowboy Talk podcast. We really appreciate it, and we would love to have you back again for a third time. So Thanks for having me, Justin. Yeah, no problem. You've been listening to the Cowboy Talk podcast, which can be found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Podbean, along with being shared on the North Lake FFA Facebook page. I've said it before, and I'm going to say it again. Please share the podcast any way possible, whether that's word of mouth or on social media, so that we can get more people listening. Also, leave a five-star review if you listen to it on Apple Podcasts, because that'll help it where more people will actually find it on their own rather than somebody telling them about it. So thank you for listening, and we will talk to you later on this week.